Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and today I wanted to chat a bit about fear and greed and the investor. And I want to sort of finish off a little bit of the, the podcast. I've done a couple of podcasts in a row on the ASX shareholder ownership or shareholder survey that they do every two years. Now, the last one was done um, in 2017, and I wanted to try and relate that to uh, that fear and greed in the marketplace because um, I was just having a chat this morning uh, with uh, Jim Beach, who does or who I do an interview with every Monday morning. Jim is a best-selling author in the US, uh, McGraw Hill author. It's even better, um, and he, he lectures on entrepreneurship or and works in the business area in the US, and he's quite well known. And every Monday, um, we get interviewed or I get interviewed with him, and he gets syndicated across. Uh, about 25 radio stations across the US and I was chatting to him about fear and greed a little bit this morning and that sort of sparked me to go okay I should be talking about this with you because I remember just over 12 months ago around about 12 months ago it was the first time I'd had an interview with Jim and and the market was all doom gloom market's going to crash meltdowns um, etc 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 they were expecting another GFC and this was 12 months ago and Investors tend to forget about certain things, and uh, you know, in that first sort of ten years after a major crash, it's all very high, very high on people's minds what's going on in that ten years. So we had a low in March two thousand and eight, and obviously March two thousand eighteen, and that was ten years since the GFC low, not since the GFC, since the GFC low after the GFC. So what happens is, is you got somebody who's maybe ten years old during the GFC. Now they're 2021, 22 or 2021, and so they've not really experienced the GFC. They may have heard a bit about it. They may have um, had mum and dad talk about it when it was happening, that sort of stuff. Um, somebody who was about 60 is now in their 70s, so they're thinking differently about their investing. And you listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're thinking differently about your investing than you were back then. And generally, as the statement goes, the amateurs buy at the top and sell at the bottom. And uh, they, uh, the, the professionals buy at the bottom and sell at the top. It's exactly the opposite. And I know this 12, last 12 months, a lot of people have been, um, how do I say it, thinking I'm a little bit crazy because I'm saying the market is more bullish. And our market has been bullish the last 12 months. You know, we did have a low into December 2018, which was a bit of a pullback, which we were expecting. But overall, we're doing quite well, and we're doing quite well this calendar year since the 1st of January. And we're doing okay, and I still think our market is quite bullish. And I know I cop flack every now and again, but being an outlier is okay to me because most people 
react to the market emotionally and that's really where I want to tie it back into is I quite often will get comments on uh, my YouTube feed so if you haven't seen YouTube Wealth Within TV on YouTube just Google it Wealth Within TV YouTube or get on YouTube and search in YouTube for Wealth Within TV and have a look at some of the comments on some of the um, uh, some of my videos and you'll see these people making fear and greed comments and it's about why I'm mentioning is to really keep you aware of what people actually do. Most people get average returns in the marketplace. As we've discussed in those podcasts, um, the last two podcasts I've done on the ASX shareholder survey, most people want guaranteed returns. In, in fact, um, I think it is when you're looking at um, uh, the actual people that want guaranteed returns, here's some statistics from that ASX shareholder survey in those it says that the next generation investors, which are 18 to 24 year olds, 18 to 24 year olds, that 81% of 18 to 24 year olds want uh, or are seeking guaranteed returns. So these people during the GFC were 8 to 14, roughly, or 7 to 13, uh, depending on when you turn that 2008 or 2019. So that were young people. But they want guaranteed returns. Here's another statistic: 67% of wealth accumulators, and this would be 25 to you know 45, basically, um, want guaranteed returns, and 60% of retirees are seeking the same. So, a minimum of 60% of people want a guaranteed return, but they want 8%. Remember, that's what we talked about in the last podcast. They want a return of around 8%. So, stop dreaming. It's not going to happen with a guaranteed return interest or cash products are pretty much dead and it will be for quite some time but when we're looking at as i said that fear and greed this is what's driving the market and we see those comments on my youtube or the facebook page and not from our students people who've done our courses they're also they're for people who are largely uneducated and they're listening to the market they're listening to the reports coming out on the marketplace and you'll often see people going well, what do you think of so-and-so's comment about this? What do you think about X, Y, and Z? So-and-so's stock has hit a rock bottom or has it bottomed out yet? Can I buy that or is it a good buy from now? Or so-and-so's at an all-time high price, should I be selling now? And this is all fear and greed at work and why most people get average returns. Now, interestingly, one of the questions in the survey was, or people responding to the survey, basically they were saying, um, what would you do if your investments dropped 20%? You know, that's 20%, it's pretty normal. We dropped nearly that, or um, I think the, the Dow dropped 20% into December 2018. Our market didn't drop quite as much into that low, but that's pretty relevant, if that makes sense. Um, 10 to 15% of younger people under 34 said they would lose sleep. Approximately 15% said they would cut their losses. And 40% said they would be concerned. Now, the average older person or the older people sorry, I can't say that properly, the older you get, the less they were concerned uh, and did nothing. It's, it's interesting. So people 45 did less, were less concerned about a drop of 20%, um, and as you got through to retirement, they just did nothing and they weren't concerned at all. So they were just sitting in the marketplace. Uh, and that may be because cause they just don't know what to do. Because when we look at education, we already know that the majority of investors are re- uneducated as per what we talked about in my last uh, podcast um, and we also know that uh, with regards to invest- investing that the majority are also self-directed 
meaning they want to make all the decisions themselves. So, and we also we know that the next generation investors, these eighteen to twenty-four year olds, that eighty-one percent are seeking a guaranteed return, and yet they're largely self-directed. And, and this is what we really need to look at because the top consideration for investors is return. 70% of people say return is the number one thing. And yet if you ask somebody like myself or Janine, who, who you see on YouTube and you hear on these podcasts, that's not our number one concern is return happens if you do the job well. And what I talk about with traders is if you, it's not about whether one trade makes you money or loses money. It's about whether you did the job properly. And the reason why I say that is because it's about a process that you take. And I say that constantly on our YouTube channel. It's, it's not about what stock you're going to buy. It's not about what stock you're going to sell or you might want to sell. It's about what's the process you're taking. Because return happens if you do your job properly. And with nearly 70% of people saying returns are exactly what they want, what they're doing is they're making an emotional decision or that greed taking into that and I know with people who are looking at our direct equity managed account service where Jen and I manage portfolios for people one of the first questions we get out of the door the first two questions we always get how much return can I get how much is it going to cost both of them emotional now I often say to people if I made you 10% and I charged you 8% fees you wouldn't be happy but if I made you 50% and charged you 10% of fees you're pretty happy because you're making a lot of money so fees are irrelevant but also return is not relevant as relevant as you as you might think because to us it's about risk what risk are you taking to get that return and so if you keep thinking about return you're always going to make mistakes and I know for a fact when we used to have multiple portfolios for example a blue chip of growth um, a mid cap and um, super portfolios we ended up having two portfolios we run well, one was growth and one was blue chip and yet 98% of people investing in our service went for growth and, and I'm saying that but I'm also going to say to you that whole big chunk of those people couldn't handle the volatility of a growth portfolio because when you look going for a growth portfolio growth portfolio you're getting more volatile stocks and to give you that growth but as you might appreciate, the more volatility you get, the more ups and downs you get. So you're getting more fluctuations. So we're trying to minimize downside, maximize upside. So whilst you're trying to get a better return, you're going to have to accept a more volatile portfolio that most people don't understand that. And most people can't handle that. But they choose growth because they think they're going to make more money. Whereas you should be looking at risk first, not how much money you're going to make or what return you're going to make. The return will happen if you do better at what you do, if you have a better process, if you have better understanding, if you have better knowledge on it. So I'll give you the top consideration of investors, obviously return was number one, 70% of people. Uh, risk was another one. Personal circumstances was number three. Um, not really sure why, why that's in there. Tax and diversification were the next two. So tax was number four diversification number five but return should not be number one it should be sort of number two or three it should be risk number one is making sure you're managing your risk per um, perfectly now the reasons for people not seeking advice now remember most people are self-directed and to me this most people don't understand that knowledge is the enemy of fear and people are self-directed but we already know they not don't have any knowledge but the reason most people don't 
seek advice is 90% prefer to be in control. 55% not convinced advice will add value. And around 40% say it's too expensive. Now, 90% prefer to be in control, but in control of what? If you've got a car and you've got no brakes, but you don't know about it, you're driving it, you're still high risk. If you don't know how to drive that car, you're very high risk. And so this is why I'm suggesting is that if you're, but you're driving the car, you're wanting to invest to get returns, but you're taking higher risk than you need to because of the greed that you want to make more money, but you don't accept or you don't think about the, the downside. A lot of people go into the market thinking uh, with intellectually knowing that they could have a share go against them, but most people don't think it will happen. Most people think I can handle that, but then they can't because we know most people don't sell. And when we do our surveys for um, people who come to our website who are looking at our education, there's a 60 second survey for traders to say, well, what kind of trader am I and um, what's suitable for me? And one of the questions is, uh, it really just elicits what they know and what they can do. And most people say, I know how to buy, but I don't know how to sell. I'll say that again, I know how to buy, but I don't know how to sell. Now that's interesting. If you don't know how to, if you know how to buy, then you should know how to sell because buying is exactly the same as selling in terms of you go online, you hit a button and it goes. You buy, hit a button, you sell. But what they're actually meaning is they don't know when and where to sell and what's the best time to sell. Because most people will let a loss run and get into bigger trouble with losses. And we see that all the time with people like with AMP, um, Telstra, where the stocks fall on heavily, but they're still hanging on and just decimating their portfolio. That is fear and greed at work. And so People, uh, really astute investors and smart, wise investors, are very dispassionate about what they're doing. They know that the purpose is to protect money and then to make a return from there and getting that process right. We'll see them enter into good investments or good trades, manage them while they're unfolding, and then exit when the risk gets too high. It's a pretty simple process. Buy my book for 30 bucks, you'll get done with the standard process. But most people don't do that. They prefer to do their own research biased or unbiased as it is doing research with little knowledge or no knowledge means your research is going to be flawed you're also going to be emotionally biased through who you're getting that research from and the part of that i'm going to talk about is i often get questions by people or from people sorry who are getting reports from brokers or different institutions whether it's morningstar bloomberg's um, multiple different sources and they're asking me questions about these reports. And I get them all of the time. And they go, well, what does this person mean about this? Or what does this company mean about that? Or I'm getting this company saying the fundamentals of this and another company saying fundamentals of that. And this pe these people are talking about quantitative analysis. And these people are talking about this. What should I believe? And the point is uh, that I'm trying to get to is we get bombarded with all this information that we don't understand. And then we're doing, and that we're calling that doing our own research. And that emotions of fear and greed are still applying that because the thing is, is I often say to traders, are you trading to win or are you trading to not lose? And what I would suggest, most people are trading to not lose because they want guaranteed investments. As I said, we talked about that before, as far as the survey said, most people want a guaranteed return. So in wanting a guaranteed return, they don't want to pay fees to advisors. They don't want to do proper research. They don't want to get proper education. And by doing that, they're actually getting more of what they don't want. So they're not losing or not wanting to lose means they get more losing, means they get more frustration. And that's that fear and greed at work. So greed is I want to try and keep my money 
and not give it to somebody else who might help me better. I'm not going to pay for good education, which might help me better, which means I invest better and I'll get better return. They try and keep the money themselves and what they do is they may lose more of it because they're not getting the returns they need and they're getting more inconsistency. They're getting more stress and more sleepless nights. And that's really why I'm talking about it with fear and greed is we let that run our life. But I often have people who um, talk to myself, <coughs> excuse me, who said, you and Janine just buy and sell. That's what you do. You don't really care what you're buying and selling, but you're just doing it. And that's the way it should be because it's just an investment to us. It's either making you money or it's costing you money. If it's costing you money, you get out. If it's making you money, you stay in. I'll leave all that with you today. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug and I'm the Chief Analyst here at Wealthwood. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.